Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tamiana Sunday Podcast Grace Aki. Grace, we are just a few days away from going into the woods and out of the woods and home before dark. I am very much excited not only to see that, but to see you. I will actually see you on Wednesday before we go to see yeah. uh, Into the Woods, but we'll get to that here later in the show. <laughs> um, so, But I'm in New York. At the end of the show, I'm going to talk about the first three plays or three shows that I've seen. I saw the very first preview, a very eventful first preview of The Bedwetter. Um, I did not see Oratorio for Living Things like I was supposed to oh. because it was canceled due to COVID. So I saw another show in place of that, which I'll talk about. And then on Sunday night, I saw Suffs uh, at the public. So I'm going to talk about my shows that I've seen so far at the end. Um, but we've got some news to get to. So why don't we do that? Let's do it. All right, Grace. So the first bit uh, of news has been in the works for a while as the 2019 Young Vic and then subsequent West End production of Death of a Salesman will make its Broadway bow during the 2022-2023 season with dates and house to be announced later. As it did in London, the show will star Sharon D. Clark and Wendell Pierce. Both were nominated for Olivier's for their London performance with Clark winning. But joining the pair in the cast will be Andre DeShields as Ben and Chris Davis as Biff. After co-directing the London production along with Marion Elliott, whom is your absolute favorite director in the world, Miranda Cromwell will direct solo this time, while Elliott will produce alongside Cindy Tolan and Kwame Kwai Arma. Now, Grace, I know you loved Sharon Clark in Carolina Change. Oh, soon to be Tony winner Sharon D. Clark for Carolina Change. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar. She absolutely. No, no, no. Here's what we're going to say. Here's what we're going to say. Because today we're going to say this. Okay. We support a nomination for Sharon D. Clark. And she gave an absolutely powerful Tony worthy performance in Carolina Change. We're going to say that. We just have to say that. You. You are welcome to say that. We as a collective uh, is in me and my personalities. <laughs> okay. All of them. Yeah. I was, I was underwhelmed. But anyway, um, obviously everyone loves Sharon Clark. Everyone loves Andre to Shields. But we cannot undersell mm. how great Wendell Pierce is in his iconic TV work. No, not on The Wire or even Trim, but on Grease Live as Coach Calhoun. I mean, one could say even his performance in uh, The Money Pit, one one could say, uh, was really, really he, iconic. Wait, he was in The Money Pit with like the Tom Hanks movie? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember that Here's at ago. all. He's done so many. many things. I mean, House of Pain was he a show has. in Atlanta. He was on several episodes of that mm-hmm. show, like TBS. He, he's just worked for so many years. And like, he's also been a stage veteran. He was in Cymbeline. Like, he's just... He's so incredible, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this production because it's obviously been well-received, and um, seeing all these people together on stage is going to be really, really fabulous. Yeah, and we, as a collective, uh, on the text on Monday, kind of talked about like, oh, we're getting another Arthur Miller show. Great. But because this is a show that is normally about a white family um, in, you know, a capitalist, you know, kind of environment and doing it with a black family uh, is interesting, and I, and I think there, that's a legitimate reason to do a show that we see fairly regularly mm-hmm. um, again. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, um, especially being solo directed by a black woman, um, which I think is is always a good thing as well. 
All right, moving on. On Sunday night, the Lucille Lortel Awards gave out their 2022 honors. And as always, it was a very exciting group. These awards obviously encompass the entire off-Broadway community. And the awards were hosted by former, and according to Grace, she does not believe future co-stars of the, of the uh, Hercules musical, Krista Rodriguez and Jelani Aladdin. But let's run through some of the big winners. Outstanding play went to Sanaz Tusi's English. Outstanding musical went to Kimberly Akimbo. Outstanding revival went to Signature Theater's production of Anna DeVere Smith's Twilight, Los Angeles, 1992. Outstanding solo show was for New York Theater Workshop's Christina Wong Sweatshop Overlord. Outstanding director went to Lee Sunday Evans for Oratorio for Living Things. Outstanding choreography, which I'm sure you appreciate Grace went to Bill T. Jones of Black yeah. No More. Outstanding lead performer in a play went to Shannon Teo from The Chinese Lady. Outstanding uh, feature performer in a play went to Francis Benhamu from Prayer for the French Republic. Outstanding lead performer in a musical, Victoria Clark from Kimberly Akimbo. Outstanding feature performer in a musical, Bonnie Milligan, Kimberly Akimbo. Outstanding ensemble, Oratorio for Living Things. And then we'll let you go ahead and take a look at all of the technical awards um, in the show notes, as we've mentioned a couple times before, the Lifetime Achievement Award went to Deirdre O'Connell, who is giving Ugh. an amazing accent in the Amazon Prime video series Outer Range, which I highly recommend. It's a crazy-ass show, but um, she's doing great work in it. Um, also, Kevin Chamberlain um, is in the show as well. Mm. Uh, and then um, Playwrights Sidewalk inductee went to former Tommy Moore guest David Henry Huang. Um, great stuff. I, it's interesting because... This looks like to me a lot of shows uh, like the only, you know, a lot of times with the Lortels, we see shows that are like, okay, this is obviously coming to Broadway. This is obviously coming to Broadway. The only one that really makes sense to come to Broadway, at least right away, is obviously Kimberly Akimbo. We know that is coming. I know that they would like to bring Black No More, but it probably needs a lot of work. But it's, uh, uh, it's interesting that this is a little less Broadway forward-looking than I think the Lortels have been in recent years, Grace. Yeah, almost like they were just genuinely giving awards to people that gave great performances. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was no other strategy there. I mean, of course, there always is. It's a business, but I just mean to say that, like, Shannon's performance in The Chinese Lady, um, I'm still thinking about in this moment. Um, uh, you know, Kimberly Kimbo obviously, is so... Victoria Clark, especially, just like... Amazing. We, yeah, we all want more from it. And um, I was really genuinely excited about this again, like Christina uh, Wong's sweatshop overlord at New York Theater Workshop. Like, I don't believe that that's going to move past that theater. I think this should be done regionally. I think it, it, she could absolutely tour it and whatnot. But like, I'm just so glad, like, especially on May 1st, to the start of Asian Heritage Month, to like get yeah. all this like um, Asian recognition for theater was really, really powerful. And I don't know that many people have commented on that. But I just, when I saw the the results last night, I just was like, Wow, this is um this is a new era and like I'm really excited about the future of storytelling for Asian performers and creators and writers and directors and um and David Henry Huang. It was just like, oh my god, especially in the era of where I'm literally picketing to every single person in the world. Yes, I will pivot to this everything everywhere all at once, the film by A24. Hello. Um yep, I, you know, I I've just there's a, we're it's happening. There's a movement happening and I'm really excited about it. So yeah, I was I was actually thrilled to see a lot of these um award recipients. I was really really sad that Assassins was kind of shut out of a lot of these yeah um, that was shocking to me but at the same time i went you know what I, I was really excited by most of the performances that did win so kudos there yeah absolutely and they don't really 
um, they don't differentiate no. the revival category. So it's like, okay, Twilight Los Angeles 1992 is an amazing show. So it's like you're getting two classics against each other. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the other awards if and when the drama desks actually happen because they've been pushed back a couple times. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But you mentioned Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, tangential to that, are you watching uh, Pachenko on Apple TV Plus? I haven't started it yet um, because I want to reread the book, but I feel like I'm just going to have to just start okay. watching it. Um, little the Alan Kim really is on it. Big fan of Alan Kim from Minari. So um, yeah. I will be watching. Because also, yeah, we've talked about the book before. Yeah. And Jin Ha from yeah. uh, most recently of Hamilton. Also, uh, uh, Madam Butterfly or M. Butterfly mm-hmm. uh, with Clive Owen a few years ago. Absolutely amazing show. I'm a little bit behind uh, because things have gotten busy here recently. But it's an uh, absolutely incredible show. It has been renewed for a second season. So looking forward to that uh, on Apple TV+. Plus. But let's take a break from all of this conversation and talk about, I, I guess, our sponsor, but also our very good friend, Robbie Rizell. We here at Broadway Radio, we love everything New York theater related, and that includes cabaret. And of course, when you think of cabaret and comedy in New York City, if, if you are somebody with any taste whatsoever, you immediately think of Robbie Rizell. And our dear, dear friend will be making his UK cabaret debut on May 15th. I know we have a number of listeners over in London town. Uh, Robbie will be making his debut at Crazy Cox. I guess that's how you pronounce oh, that. Yeah. It's got a Q. Okay, I guess that's appropriate. Um, with The Inevitable Show again on May 15th. Um, if you have not seen a Robbie Rizal show, it is absolutely one of the most joyful, fun experiences you can ever have in a cabaret venue. Um, but if you're not over in London and you want to make sure that you see Robbie on stage in New York City, do not worry because he will be making his Green Room 42 premiere on June 11th in a new show called Pretty, Witty, and Gay. Um, just in time for Pride Month. I think the first time I saw uh, Robbie's show was his Pride show a couple years ago at 54 Below. So um, absolutely going to be incredible. This is just a couple days after the Tony Awards and nobody gives you better commentary on things like that than Robbie Rizell. Um, so we will have links to where you can get tickets to either his Crazy Cox show in London or to his show at the Green Room 42 in New York City in the show notes. So you definitely want to check that out. He will be welcoming a special guest in London, and I'm sure he will in New York as well, but they haven't been announced. Um, Aaron Lee Lambert, who is in the West End production of Hamilton, will be joining Robbie uh, over at Crazy Cox. And just to bring this completely full circle, on Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, Robbie and I are going to be going to a cabaret show that he is not performing in. But Grace, do you know who is performing in that cabaret show that Robbie and I are going to be at on Wednesday night? No, what are you guys seeing? We're seeing you. Oh, shit. In 54 slash 54 slash 54. Ashley Steves will be there as well. So what entire... show are you seeing on Wednesday? And you're like, oh, I'm going to see you at 54. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see you. Literally going to see you. Um, so Robbie, Grace, Ashley, and I will all be at 54. Grace will be performing. The rest of us will be watching. So should joy. be tons of fun. What a joy. What a joy. What a joy. <laughs> Speaking of things that are joys, ugh, we got some more news on Sunday that was 
a little weird. I'm not sure how to how to feel about this, Grace. But on Sunday, it was announced that the Andrew Lloyd Webber and Emerald Fennel production of Cinderella will close in the West End on June 12th. The current cast found out following the Sunday matinee, but some current cast members who were out for the day and folks who had been hired to join the cast in the coming weeks did not get an official announcement or word in any other way. They found out on social media that they would not be either joining the show or it would be closing coming up here in a little over a month. We've discussed over the past year all of the rigmarole with this show, the abrupt starts and stops, and having to serve as the right Honorable Lord Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber's personal guinea pig for reopening COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't get into all of those details, but the show is still planning on coming to Broadway in February of next year, <laughs> yes. and they are going to, quote, revamp every aspect of the production, according to now Deadline's Baz Bama Boy. Now, Closing notice, that sucks. Sorry, you know, we always feel bad for when shows come. But here's where things get a little iffy because there was a bit of a dust-up after the announcement because some cast members were out on Sunday, including the show's star, Carrie Hope Fletcher, Mm -hmm. and they heard about it through the grapevine from other company members and then some even via social media or in the news. Fletcher said on Instagram, quote, I wasn't in the show today, and I was only informed via other cast members and a member of the music team. I had no official call from the company to let me know before it was posted online, which obviously is not good people skills, not good HR practice. Um, I don't know what we expect from ALW's company, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, On Monday, the UK wing of Equity sent out a statement from General Secretary Paul W. Fleming saying, quote, Equity will get compensation for our members after the pain and distress that this caused them. Okay, okay. So obviously this is a really crappy way to handle this situation. And I obviously feel for everyone who had the rug pulled out from underneath them. Subtle acronym humor intended. But it's fairly par for the course for Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Really Useful Group, R-U-G, rug. There you go. So I'm I like I totally get and support people being upset about how this was handled. 100% agree with them. Not the way you do these things. You don't have to make this public. You should reach out to everybody, especially your star. But in the grand scheme of things, it feels to me, Grace, like it's getting blown a little bit out of proportion, um, especially with the equity people saying we will get compensation for the pain and distress. Really? That's what yeah, we're dealing with here. Well, okay. I just want to put it in perspective. There's there's yeah, five it, weeks out. Um, if you've been contracted to like to go into a show, right? And there were there's a whole new cast coming in five weeks, and they find out on social media that let's say that they had made apartment uh, you know, situations, they've they've started to lease something. Totally. They yeah, they've yeah, yeah. had a while to get acclimated to you don't know what they were spending their money on. You know what I mean? Like, oh, finally I need to move closer to to the theater so that I can like be to work on time and da-da-da. like you adjust your whole life for some of these things. And so to find out via a tweet is really, uh, it's not just, like, emotional distress. There might be other factors that, like, (laughs) that factor into, like, the literal money of it. But I want to just say that, like, this is just another example for me um, to show people that 
oftentimes the people performing are the last to be made aware of any kind of decisions whatsoever because as a business, a lot of times they're just the last to be considered. And it's the most bizarre thing to me as like a creative person, but also like seeing the back end of how business works. It's always baffling to me, uh, learning more and more about this, uh, you know, industry is that like, they are the last to be considered for their livelihoods. They're the last to be considered because, uh, you know, producer, all the people making big decisions are looking at numbers and big picture and public and view and not always the people that like make that happen, which is both understandable and upsetting. So I, I just want to say that there's like a duality to both. But um, this yeah. to me is a perfect example of this because I've seen it happen to my friends so many times. But this is the first time we've had it in the discourse publicly on social media because people are more bold to talk about that stuff. And we haven't. And this happens all the time. Yeah, and, and I am completely supportive of them being upset by this. And right. it's a business. So I, I, I'm not even mad at like Andrew Lloyd Webber and like the people who made no. the decision to close it because they're going to do, you have to do That's what you have to do business-wise. I get that. It's the communication. It's the people, yeah, it's the people who are interacting with the artists every day who should have thought, you know what, we should probably let everybody know ahead of time. We should make sure we're in touch with everybody. I mean, unless they were actually, you know, absolutely bamboozled and just found out Sunday before the show and they had to get it out because they knew Andrew was going to talk about it. It just seems like so weird, but shows close all the time. It sucks how they find out. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels like we're making a big deal out of this because more so maybe, and maybe this justifies kind of the reaction a little bit more, because we've seen how Andrew uh, and his company and yeah. and have kind of dealt with things over the past year, maybe if this had been more of an isolated incident, like it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. But because the way that that the really useful group has kind of treated some of the performers over the years, maybe this is kind of like another straw that broke the camel's back rather than something that just happened in a vacuum. Yeah, we're we're learning. We're learning. <laughs> All right, real quick, I've got a couple more uh, bits of news before we dive into the shows that I want to talk about real quick. This is super exciting. I am so unbelievably pumped for this. But on Monday, after being teased a little bit last week, the Broadway production of Six announced that they would be releasing a cast album this week on May 6th. And it is not just any cast album. It is Six colon live on Broadway. This marks the first time in Broadway history that a cast recording was recorded on opening night. Mm-hmm. I can, Having been at the very first preview of Six, I cannot imagine what opening night must have been like there after two years or a year and a half of being shut down. What that rabid fan base and everybody that was there at the theater must have been like at the Brooks Atkinson. Um, this is, I, 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 my love for six is well known. I'm sorry, Grace. I know you still haven't seen it. Um, but I think this is so cool. This is the perfect show to do this for. Um, but what's also awesome about it is it will feature like the 18 tracks from the show, but there will also be a special bonus track featuring the show's alternates which I think is super cool. Um, So very excited about this. Very much looking forward to getting down, get down. Anyway, getting down with uh, the six cast album coming up later this week. 
And then finally on uh, Monday, it was the start of the Today Show's Best of Broadway Week. They opened the week with yes. your boy, Billy Crystal. <laughs> um, he talked with Hoda Kotb about Mr. Saturday Night, and then Shoshana Bean came on and performed. Mm. Uh, today, Tuesday, the cast of six will be performing in the 8 o'clock hour. Then on Wednesday, company will be performing. Then on Thursday, May 5th, the cast of Mrs. Doubtfire um will be performing they do they have not yet said who is performing on friday so mm. we will just have to wait and find out who that is do we feel like it's going to be a very loopy strange it could be it mm. could be i'm sure they would love to get hugh jackman but um oh, i don't I know that he's getting up that early for that no. so we will see we will see um, but real quick, I want to run through the shows that I saw um, so far in my trip. Just seen three so far. On Saturday night, I went to the very first preview of The Bedwetter at the Atlantic Theater Company. I'm not going to talk about that because it was the very first preview. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to talk much about it. It was the very first preview. Um, I, I, my friend Ellen Marsh is in the company. She texted me and said, you're, you're coming tonight? I said, yeah. She's like, do you think you can exchange the ticket? I was like, no, I've got my schedule planned. She told me this um, a couple hours before it was officially announced that Casey, Casey. Levy, who she has COVID. So mm -hmm. she was going to be out. And Ellen was like, I don't I mean, her understudy, Lauren Marcus, who is a star in her own right. She's like, she just found out she's going on today. She hasn't had any rehearsals. We've also had like some other COVID things mm. happen behind the scenes. So like we've never run the show all the way through before. Wow. She's like, so if you can change it, maybe you want to. I was like, I can't. I'm coming. Sorry. Um, I will tell you, if I had not known, I would have had no idea that Lauren Marcus wasn't playing Sarah's mother the entire time she was phenomenal I i'm a huge lauren marcus fan and her oh. husband joe iconis was in the audience um i saw jen tepper and molly hager um, and some other people mm -hmm. from the iconis family um waiting to get like cancellation tickets just in case uh -huh. um, they all got in they all got in eventually so i was very happy for them um i was in the second row center and before the show sarah silverman came out like in front of the stage, just like three feet in front of me and like said, hey, first preview, died. lots of changes. <laughs> yeah, like we don't know what's going to happen. Understudy on for the first time. But I won't say much. Um, I could obviously tell that it wasn't as tight as you would want it to be because obvious reasons. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and if you love Sarah Silverman and if you love um, Adam Schlesinger, the late Adam Schlesinger's music from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, chances are pretty good that you will enjoy this. So um, the rest of it I will table for later um, from that. I was supposed to see Oratorio for Living Things from Ars Nova on Sunday. That show as well canceled performances through a few days into this week. I don't remember what day. Um, so I didn't get to see that. Super disappointed. So instead, um, I got tickets to see the three and a half hour play The Vagrant Trilogy at the Public Theater, um, mainly because I was already going to Suffs at the Public on Sunday night. So I was like, I might as well just spend the whole day there. Um, the show is by uh, Mona Mansoor and features one of my favorite Central Ohio natives turned DC Legends of Tomorrow superhero Tala Ash. Um, and it has a cast of six actors playing like 30 characters, again, over three and a half hours over like 40 years, 35, 40 years. Um, the show was three and a half hours it didn't feel like three and a half hours but it also wasn't as uh exciting and high stakes as you would want to play like this to be it was just kind of like 
okay, I'm watching interesting characters, but it didn't feel um, propulsive in any way where you felt like things were moving somewhere. Um, but an enjoyable show and getting to see one of my TV superhero favorites on stage um, is always very cool. And then I saw Suffs that night, two hours and 45 minutes, another long show. Um, I will say that I the, the performances of this show are incredible. Um, the cast is really, really good. I want to point out, we all know some of these stars um, like Jen Colella and Nikki M. James and uh, Grace McLean and Philippa Sue and Shayna Taub, but there are some other folks in this cast that I don't think have gotten enough love. Um, Hannah Cruz, who is another yeah. Eliza and Hamilton on tour, unbelievably good. Um, Ali Bonino, who plays Lucy Burns, also really, really strong. Um, and then there's one woman, her name is... Let me get this right. Um, Nadia Dandashi. She is a recent graduate of like, let me see where she went to school. Yeah, this is her entire bio. Nadia Dandashi. She, her, Dora Stevens, Pace University BFA Musical Theater. Like she just graduated. She is fantastic in the show. Booked and busy. Yeah, like super excited um, to see her. Um, I don't know that this is a show that I'm going to remember a single song from five minutes after I walked out of the public. But um, I really enjoyed the performances are great. Um, it is a show that I think will bear repeat viewings. Mm. Um, you know, I think there needs to be some changes. And I think a lot of people have talked about. But um, if they are still planning on coming to Broadway, which I think they are, yes. I think it will do well if they can kind of make some tweaks. Uh, Shana Taub, very busy right now because she's got another show getting ready to open um, this summer at the Public Theater uh, Shakespeare in the Park and another one opening in Chicago um, with The Devil Wears Prada. But I think that there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, but I understand the the more mixed reviews that we got having seen the show. Nice. Yeah, and you're seeing it here in a week or so, a week I or two. I am. So. I am really excited and honored to to be going. So I'm 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 curious. All right, cool. Well, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me pretty much everywhere, unfortunately, at It's Grace Aki. All hours of the day yeah. and night. <laughs> you are every. You are everything, everything everywhere, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> That is the Grace Hockey story. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Tuesday, and I'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Or we will. I don't know if I will. Am I on tomorrow's show? I don't know. Anyway, bye. Bye.